0: So uh, I'm Stefan Uh I'm the, uh, the uh, Chief Information Officer at First Merchants Bank. What I'm gonna do today is kinda just walk through my journey as a leader at First Merchants, being there for 23 years. Um, you know, when you think about 23 years, it's a, it's a really long time. I have uh, four kids, uh, 25, 25, 21, and 20 and I will tell you that the time goes by pretty fast. So the whole idea today is I'm gonna tell you one story. It's my story, um, What what's gotten me kinda of here, and then talk about where here is and where tomorrow needs to, needs to be. And it begins and ends with my opportunity to be able to grow and meet the challenges being at this company for, for this long so i I just want to be clear there are no easy answers in anything i'm going to say okay first off uh, i don't pretend to have the answers i'm just sharing a perspective with you today Uh, doug and i have have talked over the years about me participating in this i'm gonna i'm gonna talk with you and i'm gonna be vulnerable with you today so i stand in front of you as an introvert Uh, I had a little bit of anxiety coming in here today because I'm just not a public type speaker. Uh, When you get me talking about a subject that relates to the work, I love it. I'm able to to get things done. Uh, And I'm gonna talk to you about the journey from what I did, where I come from, and my unique perspective and story. But every one of us have stories a story and every company is unique in and of itself. So again, today is not pretending to have a command of the answers, it's sharing one perspective. So I'm gonna talk about the company, cause that's the context that I've been within. And then I'm gonna talk about me, where I came from. Uh, I'm gonna talk about my tendencies. Cause the whole idea here is I didn't grow up through from a career perspective through a traditional doing IT things as an IT professional. I didn't come up through infrastructure, I didn't come up through data, I didn't come up through software dev. It's a, a pretty interesting story and, and it's, uh, it's different uh, and to whatever extent uh, that's beneficial, uh, great. But every one of you have an opportunity to, to understand who you are, how you affect others, and how you can lead change. So I'll talk about the company I'll talk about me, my journey, and some of the things that I've learned, and then we'll get to kind of Q&A. So um, this is the vision, mission, and our team statement for our company. Uh, I'll talk later about in 2021, we had a longtime CFO that migrated to be our CEO, and I'll be candid, that's probably when my leadership journey really began, and that's not too long ago um up until that point it was grit making it happen using a business strategy that was low cost and i'll talk a little bit about that but i start with this only because our ceo which is why i'm at the company i believe in him i think he's a, a charactered individual that i don't think it gets any better and they say people stay with companies because they believe in people and people leave companies because they're leaving people right because companies are a collection of individuals and that that collection of individuals, it's called a culture. So i start with this because he's very principle-centered as a leader and therefore it's provided me with the discomfort of having to go through from wh- what got me here to be able to make sure that I'm, I'm looking forward. And um, in 2021, I'm gonna, uh, there's gonna be a chart that I go over when he became CEO we changed, quite frankly, our technology strategy to fit where the business was going and we transitioned from a low-cost internal provider to a stance of trying to optimize the business. And we're coming in at the end of a three-year journey and I'll tell you, it's really difficult stuff, but I'll, sh- I'll talk a little bit about that. But this, these strategic object- uh, imperatives right here is candidly what drives our company. And this is our company. We're a bank. Uh, we're about the 130th largest bank in the country. There's about 4,300 banks in the country and put aside credit unions. Uh, it's a different kind of uh, business model. Um, we're across four states and uh, we're 18 billion in assets and um, you know, we're headquartered in Muncie, Indiana and we're traded on NASDAQ. Uh, so it's a pretty unique thing. Uh, and our, C- our, our CEO, Mark Hardwick, is from the Muncie Muncie area and so a really smart guy. But this is our company, uh, 118 banking centers and as you can see where all the little dots are and over the course of time, we've been highly acquisitive. This is our strategy. Uh, We are a commercial bank. We have 118 banking centers. Um, We have a pretty big mortgage operation. We generate about 1.5 billion of mortgages a year Uh, And as you know, with rates going up, that business has kind of shrunk a little bit. Uh, And then we have uh, private wealth advisors. uh, And the way I think about that is, as we serve businesses, generating um, value in a community, there's wealth that's generated. And the true relationship connection between the owners of those businesses and a positive financial institution focused on uh, the communities that we serve wealth is accumulated and therefore the relationships that you have with the principals of those businesses, you want to also then be able to help them curate that wealth, grow that wealth, uh, and in some cases help with the philanthropic nature of of, of what occurs as you kind of go up that stratosphere. So I'm going to sit here for a minute. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about this, but I I joined the bank on June 29th of of 2000. Um, I'll talk a little bit about where I came from and who I am, but um, I I walked into this and I had a primary role in the M&A execution, um, created the playbook. Um, This apex event right here turned into a career opportunity. Um, uh, I was a part of the, uh, uh, the company here in an underwriting role, uh, not really in a leadership role in IT. Uh, I then migrated into the, I'll talk about this in a minute, but I'll, I'll, I'm, this is really important context. This, this event right here was an APEX event where we had a, a, a change in, in technology leadership. We, we came out of that and I had the opportunity Uh, The CEO provided an opportunity, Uh, so I had created the project office, the PMO, and he said, as we came out of this, it it could have gone a little bit better, he said, hey, the only thing we're going to change is technology, so either you go run technology or you don't have an opportunity, so I guess I'll go run technology. Did I know how to run technology? No. No. Uh, Had I had a leadership position prior to that, there was anywhere near that opportunity? No. But he believed in my ability to be able to take the company to the next level and what it needed to be able to to help make technology better. And that was the apex of how I got into really the technology business. So, uh, and I'll talk a little bit about the journey there. But then from that point, my role uh, as a owner of the PMO and of technology, and I'll just talk about it functionally, was I was, I was instrumental in all of this playbook up till now. Um, and so I'll talk a little bit more about some context there. But when you think about that heavily acquisitive company, and then you look at the growth in, um, in the banking business, you're measured by your, your assets, your total assets. So we were, um, when I joined the company in 2000, we were 1.8 billion. Now we're 18. Um, the technology team is about hundred and the technology team is about 130. The PMO is about 13 people. So it's about 150 folks, roughly, primarily in, in technology. But when you're part of a company like this, and you're having to, to do a job, to be an individual contributor, to be a manager, to be a leader in the, in the middle of what I would say is a fixed cost, best effort, low cost strategy, grit is created, right? Um, I, have a, I have a couple of uh, uh, individuals that I gave really big opportunities over the years one of them is Mike Butler, I'm really proud of Mike Butler. Um, plucked him, he was, uh, he was an intern, he joined the company. Um, he moved on last year uh, down into this community and t- just recently took another uh, opportunity, but he was one of the young folks that gave a really big stretch opportunity and, and he's better for it, love the guy to death, but he's one of the smartest people that I know. So I gave a ton of opportunity to younger individuals that didn't have the experience and I had to make a bet on character and commitment and grit. And we moved mountains uh, in this time right here. That strategy worked until it got to 2021. And I'll talk a little bit more about what happened in 2021, but this growth of 10X over 23 years, there's not a day that goes by where I don't think about 23 years at a company, um, I think, Kent, you and I were talking earlier about was there, there must have been a moment over those 23 years where I was like, I'd like a different challenge. And the answer is we had all the challenges that we needed to get through there. Um, And one of the biggest ones that um, I kind of learned in 21 as we made a big strategic shift was that leadership is really critical and it's a little squishy, but my goodness, it's just, Significantly important. So about me, um, I was born and raised in paradise, St. John in the Virgin Islands. Now you're asking yourself, why are you, why are you in Indiana? Um, well, I moved uh, from, from St. John, my, mo- my mom's a native, she still lives there. So I can um, at any time up and just move home and live in paradise. Retirement homes paid off, you know, so uh, I'm just to the point where I don't have any yearning to think that paradise is a place because I was born and raised in paradise and then I built a house in, um, in Muncie, Indiana uh, back in 2010 or something, right next to a field of corn. And people are wondering, like, why'd you make that choice? Well, you know, uh, from my perspective, it's really about what's important to you and it's not about perception. It's not about any of that stuff. I wanted my children not to, have, not to be raised in an island, and St. John is one of three Virgin Islands, uh, and it's a U.S. territory, but I came stateside, and I went from, from St. John to Augusta, Georgia, to um, Miami, Florida, to Tampa, Florida, to St. Louis, Missouri, And then in June in 2000, I ended up in Muncie, Indiana at this small sleepy bank. I couldn't get a job. I took a 30% pay cut in June of 2000 to go spread financial statements, which was a five-year regression uh, in my career. But again, back to what I talked about in terms of where I kind of came from is I have an undergrad in econ and finance and a general MBA. I don't have not one certification, not one. And what I learned when I took over IT is to be a manager a leader you just need to know who to hire who to move on and to rely on those individuals and their character and the certifications are nice I took the five the five-day boot camp however many decades ago to get to PMP and I never took the test uh, but I love project management it's kind of what I do been here for 23 years talked about the PMO
1: I did I
0: Uh, leadership can be squishy. Uh, it's very valuable and, 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 uh, to culture and productivity. It is very challenging these days because I've been doing this for so long to think that I have to do such simple things that are so critical to my role. And I'm sitting there going, I remember the days where I did the work. Well, the work is different now. You have to accept that journey and know you have to give your team what they need. For example, for the first time in 23 years, this is gonna shock you and I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. I brought all 150 people together physically and virtually last week and had to sit on the stage all day and talk about stuff. Think I enjoyed that? Did not enjoy it, but I had to do it for them, not for me. And so I haven't done that in all those years. I've done it different ways virtually and whatnot, but my comfort zone is no longer where I can sit. I have to think about what my team needs, what the company needs. And then part of what I've committed to the CEO is we have, 15 folks on the executive team, my role has to be central to creating the glue across the executive team. Relationships matter. And you have to do that in a way that's authentic, collaborative, and obviously driven. Uh, Do things that make you feel uncomfortable, uh, discomfort things to facilitate growth. Does anybody know anyone that's won the lottery or won an inheritance that's a better person because of that positive event? Nobody. Growth and evolution into a better human being comes from strife. And we we won't talk about my divorces in that at all. Um, Relationships matter and surely is the only thing that makes it worth it. Um, I've been married uh, to my wife for 13 years. She's made me better. My wife is smarter than me. She's a midwife at Community North, and I love who she is, and we're on a growth journey together. And then I stand up here having mastered nothing and the journey continues. Up at the right is a, a little Phil Jackson quote, surrender to me for the we, I think it's really awesome. Doug, do we have time for questions? We have time for questions, any
1: questions? Yes, sir. So well, you reminded me of what the 1% rule they that. I'm sorry? The 1% rule. I've heard it, but it, 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 walk through it for us. It actually speaks to your topic. So 1% rule is about it's the mission of all you will need. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. It's a simple mathematical formula that we are here to do good. So every day you do 1% better than yesterday. Yes. If you do the math, you know, one raised to 365, you reach up to 37.7, which means that I want to do better 1% per day. That means 37.9. Yeah. But let's be realistic. This is what I tell my teams: you need to adopt that growth mindset so that you may fail, and that's okay. But it made you better, so you know what you need to do for tomorrow. Maybe you land up at fifteen percent better. Right. It is definitely better than that fixed mindset that you're. That's the type of people you want in your team, not the one that steady idea on it the
0: same thing for twenty years. Because in not being, it does not. Yeah, and, and the one thing I would add to that um, is to say, it, it does, we have uh, about six uh, employee resource groups that covers various different components. We have a people of color, we have an LBGTQ. And remember, these are not political statements. It's about understanding that we want folks to bring their authentic selves to work. It does take a diverse team uh, to be able to do that, because you do need some of those steady eddies to be on the team, but your point is to be able to build culture it 's really critical and the last thing i 'll say before we get to other questions leadership making a difference in people's lives is just like starting a workout routine. You go to the gym the first day, you see nothing then you get down the road to X number of weeks, and then you start seeing some benefit um, kind of like feels just like parenting, except when do you get the the benefit, anyway. One other questions. Yes, sir. Uh,
1: so, uh, on your last slide, you had relationships matter. So, yes. What tips do you have for improving a relationship with someone like a stakeholder who's antagonistic
0: to IT or or your project? Great question. Have courage. Sit down and approach that individual. Put your ego aside and ask, what can I do better? And listen, and listen, we suck. We collectively, I'm not going to point out men, uh, but we tend, we tend to sit down and seek out constructive feedback and we don't really listen and we kind of get into rationalization. So I would just say, have an open heart, listen, ask exploratory questions, seek to understand, not be understood and get that feedback and then make some commitments. Because the best way to grow is to make commitments to other people like i just was on the phone yesterday where i had to tell uh, one of uh, one of the gentlemen that runs one of our lines of business i, I let you down on something they got to make it right you 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 just have to be comfortable being human so that's what i would say is just be authentic and be vulnerable and make some commitments and follow through any other questions what do you guys thoughts i mean Give me give me some feedback like give me give me some perspective on does any of this resonate
1: uh, This is very nice. It's- definitely resonated with me and kind of what i'm going through right now as uh a manager taking over you know I, i've been in i.t support uh for a long time i'm moving into operational uh support with network operations it's a different caliber of talents and, and their expectations they'll challenge you way more than yes those. And um, I've gone from being very carpal and seem to know all the solutions, (laughs) IT support, to being kind of a fish out of water, but priding myself and being able to manage people. But uh, um, having gone from a fixed mindset to being
0: one of growth is something I'm having to switch more and more to. Yeah, what what I still struggle with is trusting others to do it, hoping that they'll do it to a level of satisfaction like I would do it, I'm still not good. I, I, I guess I've done it and then there are times I have regrets, but I know the journey of where I'm at right now is I I, I have to grow the people that I rely on I have to play the long game more than I worry about what do, what do I need right now because that represents an opportunity for them. And then if you're fortunate like me, and over the years, you've had, a, you know, Mike Butler was one of them, and I have another young indiv- younger individual that works for me. They constantly challenge me on stuff, right? And um, it used to be okay until it got to the point of like, okay, now let's talk about like, hey, I can help, but they're lines. Let's talk about how you can help me better as you're trying to make things better. And you have to get into the validation of, our role as leaders, managers, whatever, you, wherever you live in that echelon, you have to know your goal, you're there to support them. Because they're the ones closer to the work and they're people. They got to do it. It's no longer about like what you need. It's about what they need because you have to multiply yourself because you're a leader now. So, yeah. Done. Any, any final
1: questions? One last thing I want to say, not trying to monopolize time, but earlier on in your presentation was, uh, shifting more into, you know, look at the person individually, you know, do they seem authentic? Uh, are they genuine? You know, you you want to recruit people with a good personality. Um, and early on I've reported the shade with for a number of years and I, I've looked for people with the best resume and they didn't hand out at all. Yeah. So I, I, Everybody in here has a story.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now it's about, like who's the best and fit uh, the cultural fit, And uh, that's worked out really well. Absolutely. Uh, I will tell you. Um, and so I have one role. I'm not going to say what it is. I have one role that I've been through the most number of direct reports. Um, and it's simply because that role is critical to what I do. And I need a partner. And I had one individual that, that, that worked in, in, in a military uh, type setting before came to the group with a great resume, a great story. And the challenge was he wasn't willing to be a partner with me. And I'm like, and the resume was awesome. interviewed great. And I'm like, I need a partner. Well, I'm the director of so-and-so like, you know, I, and I'm, and it got to the point, he sat down with the other leaders and got feedback and refuse to literally validate their feedback in any way and i'm like you can't go get the feedback and then not incorporate it because you think i'll have all the answers you're not going to connect to them you're not going to let them know that that they matter and so uh, i continue to work on that but cultural fits really critical and i try not to look at a resume and fall in love with it because it's it's just a path of disappointment so doug Stefan, thank you okay